Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. We are on it with the podcast. We're killing it. Back on it. <laughs> Back on it. We, uh, yeah, we went into a massive hiatus, and we're going to explain everything that happened. And um, this is a massive, massive update. So we're excited to share a bunch of new information and um, some exciting boat news, too. So stick around for that. So when we left off before, dun, 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 it was like this huge cliffhanger because we left the hospital and got CT scans and we're talking about how great it was. And then we basically fell off the, the planet Earth. Mm. So... <clears throat> I got a couple emails saying, did something medically happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we're fine. Um, but it was just weird that we left it that way. But, wow, we were certainly busy. Yeah. I mean, I guess we were at the same time putting the boat to bed for the winter, dealing with a couple of projects, and then planning the trip right. in Turkey. Right. So our boat got hauled out and, and put on the hard and we were kind of clean, shutting it all down and, and doing some, pro, you know, cleaning and projects to winter it up. And, and a little bit more uh, because we were also thinking like, well, we're putting the boat for sale. Right. So what if we don't come back? And yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we had to kind of do a cleaning because we didn't know what was going to happen at that point and we listed the boat and um yeah so it was a it was kind of sad too i we kind of locked it up and and walked yeah, off we didn't know we didn't like exactly is this the last time i will see the boat yeah mm. so that happened and then we uh were planning a road trip across turkey and that was epic we got a car and we drove to Cappadocia, which mm. is, why don't you explain how awesome it was? Oh, it's, you have to look at pictures. It's, it's, uh, but it's, it's really like being on the moon. The Grand Canyon. Another planet. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, uh, it's magical. Just, it's really magical place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> And then the hotel we stayed in was a cave. I mean, the, the bedroom where we were in, there was an extension, but we slept into a cave. There was an original cave. Yeah, these amazing cave hotels that are built in these, um, they call them fairy chimneys. Anyway, if you guys Google it uh, and look at the pictures, there's tons of videos on um, YouTube because everybody who goes there posts, you know, videos and, and Instagram and everything. And I'll just say... The videos do not do it justice at all. Uh, the the hot air balloon rides, there's like 300 balloons that all go up at the same time. We did that. In, in the photos and videos, it's, it's like 100 times better in person. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those places you absolutely have to experience. And yeah, and, and when you drive, it's just like regular roads, highways, and then you're like, and it, what's going to... Like, right, what's going to happen, yeah. And then you get kind of into the valley and and then now you're like in a whole different world right 
it's really cool. Yeah, that was really, really cool. And we then did we the underground city. Yeah. Which people lived in there. I mean, if I can picture it, it's it's just picture like you're now like in an ant colony <laughs> underground <laughs> yeah. uh, for small adults yeah. or kids. And you're just there are eight levels, four of them you can visit. So you're quite deep underground and everything carved by yeah. hand, rocks, tools, whatever. It's uh, it's quite amazing. Yeah. So over the years, these caves were where Christians and and other groups, social groups, you know, being persecuted or whatever, lived, and so they would hide underground for months and months. And so the underground cities in Cappadocia are huge. They haven't even discovered them all. So no. that was amazing. And then we went the other way, and we started uh, to also visit Sagalassos, which was this ancient, another ancient city, which was also amazing, and we had never heard of it. And the ruins were in amazing shape and tons of them. Yeah, and that was the advantage of we spent that night in a hostel, and so we met some other travelers, and, and, and so we basically say, oh, driving that way, you definitely need to stop in Sagalassos. And we're like, what? It's and that? it's on the cliff <laughs> of a mountain. Yeah. So the views are amazing. And then you have these old ruins that are like pretty well preserved. The amphitheater is very well preserved. They had fountains and So it, it was like one of the best yeah. so far, like at the yeah. time, ruins that we had seen even compared to the ones in, in Greece that we had done. So that was that was really really cool. Mm -hmm. And then we went over the other way to on our way to Ephesus, which is kind of the big ancient city, also that people talk about, and and that was epic as well. Yeah, not like anything we saw in Greece. Same with Sagalassos, um, and just just stunning and beautiful. Yeah, and and they. It's always hard because when you see the ruins, you have to try to picture things. But in, in, in Ephesus, it's like if they're missing pieces, they just build them yeah. <laughs> as part of the... So you can kind of see. What, yeah, yeah, you see, but at the same time, they're assembling stuff as it was. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really helpful. Yeah. It's, it gives you a perspective of what the city was. And it was, it was huge. Huge, yeah. And they have the out, uh, public restrooms, which is yeah. kind of interesting, that mm. people used to basically sit together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hang out. <laughs> yeah, hang out. So that was really, really cool. Again, there's there's really great videos on these places, and uh, you know, check them out for sure. And then um, as we came back, we did Pamakali. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pamakali was like a tavern teen uh, mine, kind of like you would think of a salt mine sort of uh, pools, I guess. But it's ta it's natural taverntine, and um, that was also just incredible. And everything's really white, you know, with the pools, and you have all the Instagrammers like taking pictures mm -hmm. with those big like angel wings and stuff, which is kind of yeah. crazy. <laughs> Lots of Instagrammers at these places from all over the world. From yeah. all over, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we came back, and um, we hit Fetier on the way back, and I got four crowns put in. Mm -hmm. um, which was dirt cheap 
and didn't take very long. So if you ever need dental work done, go to Holodent in Fetier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. They did great work, super modern offices and everything else. And I think I talked a little bit about that in the, in yeah. the last podcast. Dental work, and that's where also in Fetier we did the, um, yeah. the uh, VIP checkup. Yeah. So same. Yeah, same place. So, yeah, so then after that, uh, that was it. Then we went back to cash, dropped off the car, and flew back to the U.S. Mm, flew back to France first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to visit my parents. So we spent uh, a week or so. In it was about Saint a week. Saint-Malo yeah. and Rennes. And then, then it was time to fly back to... A couple uh, nights in Paris. And we went and saw the Louvre. Oh, yeah, yeah. We spent, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we met with Sophie... We met with oh, yeah. my sister Sophie, again. Sophie, yeah, from Ryan and Sophie Sailing. Yeah. She was there in Paris. That yeah, was yeah. really cool. So that was, uh, that was really cool with the all the Christmas lighting and... Seeing and, uh, everything. Yeah. yeah. That was the first time I've been in Paris in, during the holidays, so that was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we flew back to the U.S. to see our kids and our family for Christmas, and we were all jazzed up and excited to see them and yeah we're gonna have dinner together family dinner and I met my kids on the 23rd um and yeah the next day my son told me his roommate had COVID and um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the day after that we were supposed to kind of all get together and so then he couldn't come because he was in quarantine it turned out he got COVID and my daughter couldn't come because she had been spending time with him. So she was in quarantine. And then you. I was <clears throat> in quarantine-ish. I was, I was at the kids' table, like next to the sliding glass door and wearing a mask and everything. And everybody else was sort of my mom and her husband and Molly Mike and, and my niece and nephew. And yeah. Yeah. So. That was kind of a bummer, but taking tests every day and running around San Francisco trying to find some tests. Good luck mm-hmm. with that. And, and, and when you realize, I mean, we are not the only family. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's everything went well. Yeah. He didn't have any, uh, yeah. didn't have any major symptoms, no, no symptoms, I think. He or, ended up getting it and he barely had any symptoms. Yeah. I mean, and, you know... Th- Exactly. Like there was a lot of families that were affected at yeah. Christmas in way more worse ways. So we're just happy that everybody yeah. stayed relatively healthy. But um, yeah, so then we kind of headed back because Omicron was like shutting down San Francisco basically at that point. And uh, we came back, got back up on our snowboards for a couple yeah, dewinterize the house. Dewinterize the house. <laughs> Put um, everything back together. Yeah. Then we found out we had a water leak, mm-hmm. so we had to investigate that. That well, started say what like how much water yeah, we're yeah, talking that about. That started in August while we were cruising and not knowing, so it started with a gallon per hour, and by December it was uh, twenty gallons per hour. Yeah, and so when we came to the house, we were like, "Oh, is there damage?" Because what had happened is, you know, we put all of our bills on auto payment. And for utilities and stuff, I just set it on auto payment. And, um, you know, my sister was getting our mail and she was like, oh, utility bill. So she wouldn't open it because she knew I did auto payment. So we never saw the notices. So when I landed and started opening up all of the mail and looking at it, there's this, you know, fuchsia pink flyer that falls out of the water bill. And uh, yeah, it had been going on since August. So that was wild. 
So. Yeah, I mean, luckily it was slow in August, but it's been increasing. Every month it's Every been month. getting worse. Yeah. So when we got to the house, didn't see any water damage. So that was good. Went in the basement, couldn't identify any, any water leaks in the basement. So then we had to figure out if the water leak was uh, inside the house or between the house and the meter. So eventually, by doing some tests, we identified that the leak is somewhere between the house and the meter. So that was a process. Yeah, and the problem is we live on the cliff (laughs) (laughs) and there is no water short. Well, first it was covered with snow. Yeah, because there was like an epic snowstorm. Oh, yeah, we forgot to tell you. Two Two snowstorms, like, you know apocalypse style snowstorm over Christmas in Tahoe. So when we were driving back from San Francisco to get back to the house, it actually took us 11 and a half hours Mm -hmm. to do what's normally a three and a half hour drive. And um, so with the water lake, you know, the ground was frozen and there were just how many feet fell? Like like six feet. Oh, it was more than that. More than that. It was way more than that. Yeah, because it was two rounds. Two rounds and it went all the way to the top of the sliding glass door. So how yeah. tall is that? Yeah. Hmm. So um, that was a adventure. So we called an excavator who had to come. Yeah, we tried to dig places outside that would be logical, where it connects to the house, where it connects to the meter. Unfortunately, that's where not where the leak is. And so we look at different options and it was going to become quite costly to replace everything and dig everything. And we found out about a company called American Leak Detection. And so they, they pressurized the pipe with some um, helium. It was helium. Helium, guess, yeah. yeah. And then uh, we went outside and, and now we've identified uh, we have an X that marks the spot of where the leak is. So now the next step is to, uh, is to dig where this X is marked. And um, and then um, then fix it and then put everything back together. Their tagline it was detection without destruction, destruction yeah. or something like that, which was perfect because we were like, how are we ever going to find the leak? Yeah, so the helium was interesting. They like ran it through the line and then went and sensed where it came out. I guess yeah, it was like a, um, yeah some kind of tool to measure that. So so now we have to do some digging and do uh, some uh, fix that leak and hopefully that's that will be it. But that's been going on, you know, this investigation, calling people, whatever, yeah. since December. So So um, I don't know if you can picture it, but we we literally live on a granite rocky ridge. Um, which is great because the views are epic, but we have no yard because our house literally sits on the very top of of this like cliff, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. With boulders. With boulders and stuff. <laughs> so this, you know, when we say, oh, we're looking for the leak, it, it's kind of a experience. Yeah, it's not like in your backyard <laughs> with like some dirt and grass where you're like, oh, the, the ground is soft here. <laughs> that's maybe where the leak is not there. So, the- yeah, so that's kept us busy. And then everything you can imagine in terms of paperwork, you know, like when you go cruising, um, you know, you're like, oh, do to do because everything you did before to pay your taxes, sign up for health insurance, um, life insurance, like all of these things that you do for paperwork to kind of get ready to leave, they all come due annually at the same time. So all that crashed in. Um, you know, I think we spent at least a week doing paperwork. I don't know what it, what it all was, but just kind of, you know, picking Still up for a lot. Still working time. on it, trying to finish taxes before we yeah. leave. 
Yeah. Because we have another couple of weeks and, and then we leave. So, yeah. So, yeah. So and that was interesting. And then just also connecting with, reconnecting with friends and, you know, people that I work with in the industry and making connections. And, you know, that, that was really great time well spent just to kind of. Yeah. And lots of planning for this season, season without the boat, boat. but still we're going to be nomads. And, right. and so then there was the, oh yeah, getting your visa. Oh yeah, yeah. Long stay visa for France. Yeah. So yeah, I had to, well, first of all, my passport was, uh, needs to, needed to be re- renewed and you can't renew a passport, um, quickly unless you have a flight booked to leave, which we did. We had a flight booked to Guadeloupe to mm-hmm. leave actually February 1st. And so as soon as we landed, I went down and got my um, passport renewed and you have to sh- you have to validate that you have a flight leaving. Well, didn't you go on your flight? No, we moved our flight out to March 1st to Guadeloupe because we had so much freaking paperwork to take care of mm-hmm. and the leak to take care of. We moved the date. But then the second I got my passport, then you'd have to turn around and make another appointment to get the visa. And that was supposed to take four weeks, but it only took like two weeks to get that. So that was great. So I'm covered for a long stay visa this summer. And Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about what we're going to do in the summer. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to be in France. And uh, that came pretty quickly. And then we also had scheduled a... 10-day medically monitored fast. Water-only fast. Water-only. So why don't you share what that was like? Um, Yeah. So first, I mean, we've been experimenting with intermittent fasting over the years. And um, and kind of always looking for the latest science around nutrition or around, you know, whatever. And and then when you start discovering some doctors that follow the science that explains it, it starts to be interesting. And so I, I had researched this and then there was, a, so in Santa Rosa, just north of San Francisco, there was this center that's been open for 39 years, I think. 39, yeah. And has been taking like 20 plus thousand patients through water-only fasting. So when they started 39 years ago, it, it was like, not a like thing. Totally, yeah. Well, yeah, it looked totally <laughs> crazy. Uh, but now there is some solid data um, uh, to uh, to basically uh, justify that when you put your body uh, not in starvation, uh, because starvation comes way later, and then that's when you start eating your muscles, and that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> it's but when you basically you stop putting food into your body, regardless if it's good or bad food your body then can start to rest and can start doing the wonderful things it's designed to do. In well, it rests, re- but it's busy. It wants yeah, yeah. to like do other things. Well, it rests from digestion mm-hmm. in, because we're eating. So now it doesn't have to deal with digestion. It's like, hey, okay, good. I can deal with other things. So then I can go like kind of a water leak, you know. <laughs> you can go like, fine, where is that? Yeah, oh, it's is, weird. Is it, there it, like something here? It's like our body has OCD, like it can't stop fidgeting and so yeah, you know it, when you stop eating it's like okay let's go find the cancer cells and let's go do clean this out and detox and like so all this really cool stuff happens yeah it's it's just an amazing machine mm-hmm. and you just have to put it in an environment for it to kind of do what it can do 
So um, so let me explain though what it was like. Let me just say okay. that first it was like, all this sounded like a great idea until I think like a week or less before it was going to start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then when you start telling like your family and, and you're like, that sounds a little crazy <laughs> to not eat for 10 days. Like, are we going to be able to survive? Like, you know, it, it suddenly it like doubt crazy. comes and creeps in. And um, until until you start, mm-hmm. and then then you're not thinking about all this anymore. But I yeah. must say there was a little bit of like anxiety to be like, whatever Ooh. we sign up for. Yeah, and I wasn't really thinking too much about it. I was just like, oh, you want to do it? Okay, I'll do it, do it with you. And yeah. you know, why not? And and um, so yeah. And then we show up, and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> What's happening? So this place is like a um, one of those um, apartment complexes, and all the units kind of face. The courtyard, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, looks a little like Melrose Place. If you remember that show on TV, you know everybody kind of looks into the courtyard, and then it has these little apartments, and so they have like kitchens and everything, but there's nothing. There's no food. There's no dishes. There's no nothing. It's it's like a one of those um, Alhambra bottles of distilled water. They want you to drink distilled water. So there's no cheating. There's no getting food from the cupboard <laughs> there's nothing well you could you can i mean we've you, heard stories yeah of i guess people, people <laughs> order doordash <laughs> and they're like oh your numbers aren't going down what's wrong with you oh i'm eating burgers <laughs> that's kind of happened yeah but you yeah. have they have a kitchen and they have yeah. like a buffet style so oh down it, down below yeah down so below. they have like a, a, a community yeah. kitchen and you could go down but what they're trying to do is if if you want to go off the fast they want to put you on broth or juice yeah. after but so it, it requires a little bit of self-discipline because you when they open the door of the kitchen you can always smell, you can smell it <laughs> and then you know you can access the 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 food yeah so and then the people come outside to eat because it was sunny yeah so you kind of like have make abstraction of all this. Um, although your body is, uh, is also great because after the second day, I think you, you, know, you don't feel hungry. It was crazy. I wasn't hungry the whole time. Yeah. Not the, I mean, not the whole time. I thought, oh, wow, I'm going to get hunger pains or my stomach's going to growl. Yeah. And it didn't. And I'm like, why are we eating like all these times a day? Like, does it matter? That was the yeah. weirdest thing. Yeah. It and, was strange. And then during the 10 days, like you were... I, mean, I was I, working the whole time. Working, yeah. but also watching like recipes and like videos. Oh, and, yeah. You know, so it's even if you're like, yeah, your body doesn't tell you I need to eat, you're totally fine. Yeah. Um, and you can watch <laughs> recipes. Yeah, I was I, after day five. It just became like this obsession to look at all of these vegan mm. and and they want you to eat all plants and um, when you leave and no salt, no oil, no sugar, sugar. SOS, SOS because you completely detox all everything out of your system and other things like um, TMI. But I started having like this um, dark color underneath my armpit area and the doctor's like yeah it's probably from deodorant you just used over the years i guess aluminum or i don't know what Mm. it was but you know your body kind of does these things trying to get rid of whatever it's trying to get rid of yeah if you're curious to learn more about it um alan goldhammer is the uh the one who Doctor, co-founded yeah. um, the uh, the center, and the center is called True North Health, mm-hmm. yeah, in Santa Rosa, California. You can also Google Doctor Clapper, uh, yeah, who's a K, 
Um, there are good resources mm-hmm. uh, if you're curious. It, and I was and, a little skeptical because uh, Goldhammer it's himself isn't like a medical doctor, you know. So I was like, oh, what's he doing? Um, he's a chiropractor, or whatever. But from, all from training, yeah. But, but, but all of the doctors, you know, they come in um, twice a day and monitor you. The doctors come into your little apartment, they monitor you, and then the nurses come and take all your vitals and they take different blood tests and urinalysis and different things throughout the stay to make sure everything's going normal and you're not, you know, experience any negative effects. But they're all medically trained doctors. The doctor that we had there that was overseeing us, you know, he was great. And mm. um, yeah, so didn't mean to talk this long about it, but it seems well, just like people are curious. This, yeah, because, uh, well, in, you know, the if you do a, like a whatever fast like you do, so some people stay fast and truly like water only fast for up to 40 days 40 days it's amazing it's pretty amazing so but that means whatever length of the fast you did half of the time is spent in refeeding so they have a five five step process so we did 10 days so that means we stayed five more days um to go through the refeeding process which basically means you know juice and broth the first day the second day you can have like light raw foods. The third day you can add grains, and then the fourth day I think you can add beans or something like that. Beans on last five fifth day, but you yeah, can, yeah, I don't so, something like that. Yeah. yeah, some yeah, some the third day I think you can add some steam, like oh food yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, so that was an interesting experience. It was definitely interesting. Uh, we lost a bunch of weight. That was not the goal. Uh, well, you gain most of it back, but because, then yeah. then you yeah you regain it. Um, but yeah, hopefully, and so we'll do some some tests, blood tests, in a few uh, like four yeah. to six weeks afterwards, because the process continues like even four weeks after, mm-hmm. and then we'll see if uh, some changes or something. So yeah. very very interesting. It was interesting because we got that full baseline and the medical. Yeah. Uh, intergalactic body screening we had done in Turkey. Yeah. So we have every test under the sun to baseline it again. So anyway, that was cool. And um, yeah, I I ended up just kind of packing my schedule and, and working the whole time. It was a little rough, I think on day eight or nine. Um, and then, but by that time it was like a Friday. And so it was over the weekend. And um, you had a, some headaches on day yeah, I mean, we talked about this afterwards. I had spent quite a bit of time. They they want you to to take it easy, basically, <laughs> and um, we weren't really doing that. Yeah, we. I mean, we were on doing the computer most yeah. most of the day, and also I had spent quite a bit of time on the balcony. It was sunny, and and they say you can become dehydrated, and mm-hmm. so yeah, the last couple of days, uh, kind of dealing with like. Uh, yeah, some symptoms, yeah. but then they st- you start the refeeding yeah. after that. And it goes Plus, away. Stefan, you have like no no body fat, so yeah. you know I had I have plenty of reserves. <laughs> I, I will survive this. You know, if we if we're in a life raft, at least I know I can last ten days without food as long as we have water. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's good training for yeah. for cruising. You know, like if you somehow you you your Deserted food gets island. spoiled with salt water or something, yeah. and you have another like five days or ten <laughs> days to get there, as long as you have water. Yeah. Um, yeah. then you can survive without food. Anyway, so after that was done, then we were sort of gone again because we were gone um, out, out of our house. And then we came back and, you know, dealing again with the leaks and dealing with uh, the other stuff around the house. But the big reveal... Oh. The big reveal is... Where are you going next week, Stefan? 
I'm headed back to Cash in Turkey with the Bodies. So we are so excited because we sold the boat, knock on wood, because we are doing a handover, but um, pretty much everything looks really, really good to this amazing couple that lives five hours from us, which mm -hmm. is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we ended up meeting in person. So we ended up, yeah. So they were interested, the boats in Turkey, they're originally from Australia and we'll share more and hopefully we want to get them on the next podcast or two, maybe, um, to share their perspective. Um, and they reached out and, and I friended her on Facebook. And then next thing you know, I'm seeing her skiing at Heavenly, which is literally four minutes from our house. I'm like, are you, are you at Heavenly? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're, we live there. And so we met in person and had coffee and everything. So yeah, they live in Nevada too, which is just wild mm -hmm. and coincidental. Um, but they've been fabulous, uh, super great to work with through this process. And um, they're really excited about the boat. And yeah, so you're going to go with her. Mm -hmm. um, she's the skipper because that's badass. Mm -hmm. And um, put the boat back in the water. Yeah, and then... Yeah, go through the systems and test everything we can test and... And uh, then just do the then uh, so that should be like the first day, and um, and the second day trying to spend as much time. I mean, it's a lot of information to to share, but at least uh, I can go through like yeah. uh, the boat, <laughs> yeah. Trying to uh, share as much information as possible, and and then ultimately they're going to ship the boat back home, back to Australia, uh, where they're going to move back. And um, so I think the boat will get there somewhere in July timeframe. Mm -hmm. So our boat's going to get to Australia, New Zealand before we will. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was sort of half of our big, you know, destination to go to French Polynesia and then end up in Australia, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So we're a little jealous of the boat. But now it could it would be really cool to, with the new boat, <laughs> yeah. to get there and then... Go sailing. Old Owen, you yeah. Owen. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, the they've also anchorage. said, hey, come out and, you know, sail with us out there, which would also be really cool. Yeah. You know, if we had to go to Australia, because um, I have business there and mm -hmm. that would be a really fun trip. So, yeah. And, you know, it's been, we haven't really wanted to talk about the, the sales process th through the podcast, which is, I was always like, oh, do we talk about it or not? Or as we get closer, but now that it's coming close, I feel more comfortable kind of talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, we found a great broker that we really like and um, out of out of Europe. And we thought, oh, it'll probably be a European buyer because the boat's in Turkey. And what do you know? They live <laughs> like mm -hmm. right down the street. So um, yeah, but that all worked out. So we'll get an update from you next week uh, after coming back. And so maybe by this time, well, a week and a half, I guess, from now, right? No. What's today? Yeah. It's Saturday coming back, yeah. leaving, leaving on Tuesday, coming back on Saturday. Yeah. So this time next week, we might be boatless mm -hmm. uh, for real. And wow, we have a down payment. <laughs> yeah, we have a down payment on the other one. So, yeah. So then... Uh, our plan is to go to uh, Guadeloupe. So we were supposed to go for two months. So we pushed it out and we're going for one. So that's the month of March. So mm -hmm. it's in a couple of weeks from now. 
And you're going to go kite surfing. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, I've uh, been wanting to learn to kite surf for quite some time. But um, I started two years ago. I did three or four lessons. That was kind of at the end of the season here in the Bay Area. And um, and it was once a week, so it's uh, not the best. Everybody says do it like every day for a week to build muscle memory. So now that I've um, uh, gained some boarding skills, hopefully that whatever skills I learned from snowboarding, I can apply from the <laughs> kite surfing. Uh, but I've already booked some uh, a week of lessons. And, um, and Guadalupe's supposed to be great for... Yeah. It, Which is one of the reasons we picked it, yeah. And the other thing is they are also teaching uh, wing foiling. Um, so that's that should be fun. Definitely want to uh, mm-hmm. see how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's definitely a little dream to be foiling of other water. Um, yeah. so, and so hopefully we'll some scuba diving. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe we can squeeze and I'll be working some. And maybe a little bit of like hobby cat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'd be fun. So some yeah. water sports and some little work, work yeah, on the side, uh, which which kind of funds this whole endeavor as well. So mm-hmm. we'll kind of continue that, and then after March, the end of March at April, first week in April, we head over to south of France. Mm-hmm. So we'll um, we'll head to La Grande Motte, uh, where Outremer's factory is based. And um, so there are a couple things. So Tormier is offering um, weekend classes on their uh, on their boats. So we want to take advantage of those classes to really learn the, the boat while we uh, wait for our boat. Uh, and this is incredible. That I can't. I'm so excited to experience this because what they what they do is they give owners while they're waiting for their boat a chance to take as many. You can take as many classes as you want. And you pay for them, but you get reimbursed for all of it mm-hmm. when you finally pay the yeah. boat for the boat. And you take the weekend courses, and then there's the Outremere Week. They have a number of Outremere Weeks where a bunch of owners come and prospective owners come, and there's lessons, and there's ladies-only classes, and like all these other things. But then they also offer... I don't remember the name of the company um, that they do it through, but oh, so they have uh, in France they have a company that they work with called Escal Formation Technique, I think EFT. So they they offer classes like sailing classes in for diesel, for in, um, weather, weather, for instruments, and it's all related to the Outremer boats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, not specifically. Uh, the Outremer Week has like uh, classes that are very um, um, targeted towards the Outremer boat, but they have more generic classes about j- diesel engine, weather, whatever. So those are only in French. So I signed up for those. Which uh, is awesome. But they are going to uh, start doing some English uh, classes starting mm-hmm. next year. So but the Outremer courses that are done through Outremer um, are in English. Yes, so both English there's sort and of French. two tracks. There's the Outremer track, and then there's through this Escal company that is affiliated with Outremer. So there's mm. additional classes. Um, so it's great. They understand that you know between the time you order a boat and the time you get your boat, you know they want people to stay involved and to learn about you know mm-hmm. uh, learn about setting, the boat, cruising yeah. the boat. So, so by the time you get on it, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, once you get your boat, they spend five days with you to go through your own boat. Which so we'll have to do one or multiple podcasts about the differences 
of buying a production boat, you know, buying a Fontaine Peugeot for an our own experience versus buying a semi-custom boat like an mm-hmm. Outremer. I mean, this is one significant difference. It's huge. Because um, when we got our, our FP... It was like, oh, here's the key. See you later. <laughs> High five. And, and you know, we're like, oh, what's this button do? You know, and even, even up until this past season, we were still discovering things about the boat. We're like, oh, that's where that is. Yeah, and, so. we, and, and granted, we saw our dealer, um, there was the issue that, you know, one person was supposed to fly and, and spend maybe a day with us to go through the systems and stuff. They but couldn't because come, of COVID, COVID yeah, it couldn't come. So... Luckily, we 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 hired a skipper that knew the boat, and we learned that yeah. way. But um, in this case, it's nice because you're learning before you get the boat, and then yeah. once you're on your boat, you still have a. But what's also cool is you know I think the FP process is more here's the systems, here's the buttons. You know if the, if we got one day or even two with them, whereas what Ujmer tries to do is also teach you characteristics of sailing the boat. Because it's a different kind of boat, and so it's not just here's the systems, but also, you know, what what different you know points of sale for for what and what to expect, and you know, I think that's going to be really helpful. I mean, at least for me to because I get a little worried, you know. So mm-hmm. if I can see the boat in action doing these things, I can go, oh, okay, you know, I can handle it. But you don't have that experience, you know, when you're on a boat for the first time and you haven't been through that. Yeah, you need to learn to trust your boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this case, we're going to be able to go through weekends mm-hmm. of uh, basically spending a night on the boat, spending a full weekend, sailing hopefully in very different wind conditions, and then really learn to you know, push the boat and sails and trim. And mm-hmm. and so then you're, you're like comfortable with saying, uh, you know, you can push your own boat mm-hmm. as opposed to go little by little on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's great. So, so we'll definitely spend some time to um, uh, to explain what the process we go through with Outremer. That's just one that we're going to experience as soon as we get to France and and um, and this summer. That's one of the reasons to spend time. But there is also ma- other major differences, and then we'll uh, we'll definitely spend time describing the differences. Mm-hmm. So yeah, people understand. that'll be really yeah. cool. And then we're gonna take a trip to Lisbon and meet my sister and. And uh, her family, who's going to go out and check check out that area, and do some other trips around France. So, if anybody's in Europe, in France, in the south of France, in La Grande Motte area, yeah, um, we'll be mostly based in La Grande Motte and Montpellier from April to the end of September, and then ish, uh, ish yeah, <laughs> and then probably uh, uh, October we will probably do a more traveling yeah a little bit more because traveling. we want to spend some time on work related stuff yeah maybe more. and boat related stuff too and yeah, yeah. besides the boats and and fun stuff too hopefully and learning french practicing french practicing all french all that stuff yep so that's our big update it mm-hmm. kind of gave you a big dump of everything that happened and sorry for being mia we just we had a lot of stuff going on and we're buried, and then some of the stuff we didn't really want to talk about until we could talk about it. Um, but we're super excited about next week, and um, you know, so excited for the family that's getting our boat too. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I should say, Alwyn, because it won't be our boat anymore. And um, yeah, we'll update you on that. And if you have any questions, uh, please let us know at sailingalwyn at gmail.com. Fair winds for now. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Oh, 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 o